we love to do barrel picks. So we have gone on, I mean, this year alone. Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how many do you think? Did they, did so this year, Ben, are, are we like at seven or eight? Um, seven or eight this year, easy. It, it's incredible. This, 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 just this year. Oh, wow. And, you know, the, if, if you've never had the experience to go on a barrel pick, um, I do believe that those are going to, um, I'm hoping that we're going to be able to open those up a little bit more. Uh, and we take a, a primary importance of members. You know, so if you're a member and you haven't gone on a pick, we're going to put you in a randomized list. And then if your number gets called, and then of course you can get off work. Welcome to another trip down the bourbon road with your hosts, Jim and Randy. So grab a glass of your favorite bourbon and kick back. would like to thank Tommy and Gwen Mitchell from Logheads Home Center for supporting this episode of The Bourbon Road. Find out more about their fine rustic furniture at logheadshomecenter.com. Hello and welcome to The Bourbon Road. I am Jim Shannon. I'm Randy Minnick. And we're here to talk a little bit of bourbon. Randy, we had a great interview this week. Yeah, we were, uh, we're down here at... Uh, Base 110 with the guys from, a couple of guys from the Lexington Bourbon Society. Yeah, so Barry Brenniger and Ben McWhorter, both board members on the Lexington Bourbon Society, sat down with us for a little bit and uh, and talked a little bit about what it means to, to be a member of the Bourbon Society, how the whole society thing works, some events they've got coming up. And, and you know what su- surprised me the most, I guess, and what I was most impressed with is they're actually philanthropic. Did I say that word right? You did. Rolled right off the tongue. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, miracles never cease, do they? Now, you know, we have a few more of these these bourbons and that might not roll off. So I, it, or, or maybe the bourbon talking actually. But <laughs> anyway, um, I was just impressed at, at the, uh, what they try to do to help society out. You know, most of the time you think about a, a society and it's a social club and these guys, it is that. Yeah. But they've got something more important in mind as well too. So that impressed me a lot. Yeah. And it was a little bit different today. Normally, Randy, you and I bring the first pour and, uh, and our guest brings the second pour. We do make exceptions to that in certain cases, but in the, in this case, you know, uh, the guys from the Lexington Bourbon Society wanted to bring both pours today. And who are we to argue? Well, if they've gone on a barrel pick. That's right. Hey, I, I have no problem with that. Do you? Not at all. Uh, well, Randy, it's, uh, it was a great day with these guys. And I think, uh, I think, it's time for us to sign off here, and let's listen to our interview with uh, with Ben and Barry. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, let's, let's get into the first pour right away. Um, we normally do that right off the bat, and uh, we're a little bit doing something a little bit unusual today. You guys are going to bring both pours, so yeah. why don't you take a minute and tell us about what we're having first. Well, um, Ben, why don't you introduce this one? Um, I'll do the second one. All right, so I'm holding a Knob Creek Rye Single Barrel Select. This was chosen by the Lexington Bourbon Society in partnership with Wine and Market, a terrific little uh, grocery and wine shop here in Lexington. And uh, it is, we got some nice information on it, barreled on October 22nd, 2012, and then selected on October 4th, 2018, so just shy of six years old, uh, bottled at 115 proof, and uh, is absolutely terrific. 
It is delicious. Lo love the Knob Creek rye. Um, you know, that proof on it is um, kind of deceptive because it, it's a sweet flavor. And so you really, after you're into your second pour, you recognize, okay, th this is a, a man's bourbon, you know, so it's a little bit stronger. But um, I think most of us would agree that we really like that barrel proof over, right, you know, right. the, the 80 or 90 proof. Yeah, and you can taste the sweetness right off the bat. You really yeah. can, yeah. Boy, that uh, that nose is uh, sweet, a little bit of fruit, but more of a, a kind of a, a citrusy fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely get the citrus, especially on the palate, on that um, front end and uh, and on the uh, the mid palate. But it's spicy enough, you know, you're drinking a rye. Yeah, it's not. It, it's definitely not a bourbon. And and the hug. I mean, you get a really good hug. Um, but it's not as bad as I thought it might be. No, at one fifteen. No. So. And that's the deceptive part of it. Yeah, I'm still on the nose. So. <laughs> <laughs> catch up, catch up. I gotta catch up. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So um, syrupy, sweet, candy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, candy. Yeah. Um, Pour it on my pancakes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but it. it the citrus definitely comes out on the palate, doesn't mm -hmm. it? It really yeah. does. Yeah, but it's it's almost like a, it's almost like a candy orange or something. I don't know. Um, maybe uh, at first I wanted to say kind of a cola orange, but more mm -hmm. of a candy orange. I don't know. It's like those little orange sliced candies you used to get. That had uh, never mind. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in that that yeah. age genre too. Yeah, I love those candies. So, guys, what does the what does the bourbon culture mean to you? You know, for me, I think the bur the bourbon culture is really regional. So, as I think of um, those of us that are here in Kentucky um, that have really embraced bourbon and uh, America's native spirit, we're really diving into the history. So, so those of us in the uh, in the in the bourbon culture within the bourbon society, we're dive, we're taking a deep dive, and and we're looking at industry legends like Freddie Johnson. Um, we're we're looking at you know some of those master distillers that have been around for decades and 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 are passing down oral history to us. So for us, bourbon culture is is just community. It, it's history in a, in a bottle. And, you know, I love what Freddie Johnson says is that, you know, bourbon's meant to be shared. And, and you know, for us, that's true. It, it, it's a time to get together. It's a fellowship time. And, and it's really just kind of sharing your, your thoughts and, and your feelings with other folks over a, a pour. Yeah. So what, what do you guys do for the Lexington Bourbon Society? What are your roles in the organization? So we're both uh, members of the board of directors. And um, generally, everybody on the board kind of takes roles uh, where, where one of the things I do is work on something called the distillery series. Now, we'll all do other things. Um, but for the distillery series, I'll find a, find a, a distiller or kind of a distiller's uh, person to come in like a representative brand ambassador and they'll come they'll bring in a bunch of different whiskey and talk about what they do differently what makes them special uh we'll have some dinner hang out talk shop with them um and it, it's a blast uh, we've got one of those coming up uh in july uh with old forester uh we did a barrel pick actually with wine and market and uh the guy was really kind of into the idea and so he's going to be coming down in july and uh talking with us about what old forester does and and that kind of stuff so we've had uh we've had a number of different guests uh everybody from new riff to uh peerless and we've had um 
Kings County come down from Brooklyn and, and talk to us about what they do. It's, it's, it's a very fun thing. So you, you establish those relationships and then you yeah. nurture, oh, yeah. nurture them oh, yeah. and build them over time. Yeah. And there's obviously some turnover in that industry from time to time. So you got yeah. to stay on top of that, right? Yeah, sure. And and I think that they kind of pass those contacts down, you know, as, as someone exit the uh, that position. Um, that's really a big part of their marketing is reaching out to local groups because we're kind of their um, local brand ambassadors as well. And so they look at that and they look at us as uh, an opportunity to get in front of some bourbon aficionados and, and even some novice folks that are bourbon curious that want to learn more. And so, you know, it's a, it's a good group for them to stay in touch with. Right. So, so what are day jobs like for you? Because I know this is this isn't your full time job. You know, this is just something you guys like to do. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, so, so I'm a um, I'm a local businessman. I'm a business consultant. I, I help small to medium sized businesses um, reach their target demographic, and and that's going to look different for each business that we work with. Um, a, a lot of companies just need help with um, their their local listings. They they need help with their social media. They may need some help with their operations. We have a project manager that can do um, um, project management for um, for businesses. We have an IT management um, piece that will help them with their IT solutions. Um, we have a videographer, you know, and so the, the videographer has actually worked with us and, and done some of the videotaping of some of our events. And the beauty of that is that you can really tell your story. It's it's easy to tell your story when you're um, you're bringing someone who is making a video and, and editing that. And, and then I utilize that from a targeting uh, strategy online. Okay. So that's cool. Well, what about you, man? Yeah. Uh, I'm a music teacher here in town. I teach, uh, teach fourth and fifth grade violin, viola, cello, and then I teach high school orchestra at, uh, at a high school here in town. Wow. Bourbon and cello. That yeah. ought to go well together. That's it goes great together. So how long have you guys both been involved with the Lexington Bourbon Society? You're the overachiever. I'll let you. Well, so I've been involved with the Bourbon Society for about three and a half, four years and um, on the board for a couple of years. That's about right for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working at the time at a senior living community. And one of the things that I was trying to do is it was a new community. I was trying to brand them. And um, I actually reached out to um to Wilderness or um, Woodford Reserve and, um, and and talked with Brown Foreman to see if we couldn't use their Woodford Reserve logo in our community room. And, and, and the residents really took to it. They loved it. And it, it helped us kind of brand that as, you know, a, a, an older um, um person here locally that um, knows the bourbon culture and, and really enjoyed that. So it, it's in the activities room. And, um, you know, so we got um, bourbon memorabilia all over the place. So wow. that kind of got me introduced to the Lexington Bourbon Society. And then I thought, OK, I've really found my niche here. Yeah. Uh, great group of people. And so that that was really my introduction to the Bourbon Society. Yeah, for me, it was um I just kind of stumbled on them online um, and got involved. Uh, the president's a teacher and uh, is a good buddy of mine. And uh, it just happened that we were able to do a couple of events kind of back to back. The actually preparation for the cur- first Commonwealth Bash, uh, we were able to go down to Barton together and uh, do a private tour and pick up some barrel head and some art that we were able to use uh, as a fundraiser for the first Commonwealth Bash. And uh, he said, you know, we've got 
we got an open board spot if, if, if it's something that you think you might be interested in getting more involved with. And uh, I jumped at the opportunity because it's, it's just to be able to, I'd always kind of plan little bourbon events on my own uh, among coworkers and friends, but to get to do it around people who are just really passionate and nerdy about bourbon is, is a lot of fun. So well, we've been going about seven minutes now, and I think this, this Knob Creek is just now finishing. Really yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's a great pour. And like I said, it's a deceptive pour because it's so delicious. It, it's it's sweet. Um, but that proof, that higher proof, it, it really hits you. It about, stays with you a while. It, it does. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a question. Uh, interesting story of how the Lexington Bourbon Society started. Yeah. Uh, and so, Matt, your president is not here. So I thought maybe one of you might could fill us in because I thought it was a very interesting story. And I think uh, some of those listening might want to hear a little bit about this as well. Yeah. Um, the way I heard it, and Barry, you can kind of interject as you need to, uh, that Matt is from Lexington. Uh, he and his wife, Lori, moved back here uh, a number of years ago. And kind of on a date night, they had a bunch of little airplane bottles of, of different whiskeys, everything from wild turkey to just a couple other you know, nothing super fancy, but they just did blind tastings and just to kind of see how one tasted different than the other. That led to some different distillery tours, just groups of people hanging out, going to distillery tours, just trying the tours, trying the samples at the distillery. And uh, eventually there were some opportunities to do some some philanthropy with that. Um, and so we took or they took the, uh, the the bourbon and added a, a philanthropic aspect of it. And uh, that's kind of where we are today. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, bourbon and date night. There's no telling what might come of it. You <laughs> never know. And, and one thing I'll throw in there, and we're going to talk about this event a little bit later, but um, the very first event that the Lexington Bourbon Society did was for the Ronald McDonald House of uh, Bluegrass. Um, and and so we're going to talk, uh, and I think in, in our second segment here about that upcoming event, but it's kind of unique that, you know, here we're in the third annual event of the Commonwealth Bash, and we're bringing the Ronald McDonald House back to it as the, uh, the charity of choice. So we'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later. Okay, so the Lexington Bourbon Society is obviously a philanthropic organization, but in addition to that, you guys are encouraging sort of the social atmosphere of bourbon enjoyment with your members. Uh, Does one take a a, a top seat to the other, or is it kind of an even split? Well, this is what I'd tell you. If you think of the Lexington Bourbon Society, think of three pillars. And and the first pillar is going to be networking. It's going to be a a social club where um, every month we get together for a social sipper. And that social sipper, um, you can go to our Facebook page. It's a public page, Lexington Bourbon Society, and we have those events posted. And so what we do is we we have a director that manages the uh, sipper. And so we go to local restaurants. The restaurants love to have us come out because we uh, we had an event at the at the Kentucky Castle. We had seven people show up. Uh-huh. And a lot of times we'll see non-members, you know, we open that up for non-members. And um, and so they give us some free appetizers. They'll make a, a signature cocktail for us. And then the other thing is they have a huge bourbon bar. So, you know, we get the opportunity to um, seek out some some bourbons that, you know, 
we may not be able to find readily, but um, you know, we come with our, our pocketbook and our billfolds, and but more importantly, it's that networking aspect. And so if you consider that, the other thing is we really put a primary importance of bourbon education. So we have bourbon um, steward, executive bourbon stewards that will educate and train us to take that test and, and help us learn more. So that's one pillar. The, the other pillar is that um, we're a 501c7. And so the difference there between a C3 and a C7 is we're not beholden to one nonprofit. So we can, we can, we're a conduit to raise money for various oh, nonprofits. Okay. And yeah. so since our inception, we've raised $54,000 to local nonprofits. This last year alone, we've raised $18,000 wow. for local nonprofits. Mm. And, you know, we kind of do this more as a grassroots efforts. But the, the two main events that we do is the Commonwealth Bash that, that's going to come up here on June 1st. And then the Toys for Tots at the end of the year. We uh, Those are the two fundraisers that we really, we raise the most amount of money. But we'll raise, um, we'll do fundraising for local teachers that need help with um, raising money for, for their classroom. We'll raise money for local churches, for cystic fibrosis, for Alzheimer's. If you've got a nonprofit and you need some help with marketing and, and, and raising money, let us know. We, we'd love to we'd love to help you. We'll, we'll talk later. Okay, great. And the social aspect of it, I think, is very important, too. It's um, we will with the social sipper getting that getting that uh, just interaction with people. Like I said at the beginning, that the getting just getting to know people um, is, is really important. And we've got everybody in the club from uh, woodworkers to retired lawyers to teachers to businessmen and to national park rangers just kind of all over the map. And it's it's a nice way that everybody gets brought together. Yeah. And, and that last pillar is um, we love to do barrel picks. So we have gone on, I mean, this year alone. Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so how many do you think? Did they, did so this think year, Ben, are, are we like at seven or eight? Um, seven or eight this year, easy. It, it's incredible. This, this just, just this year. Oh, wow. and, and, you know, the, if, if you've never had the experience to go on a barrel pick, um, I do believe that those are going to, um, I'm hoping that we're going to be able to open those up a little bit more. Uh, and we take a, a primary importance of members. You know, so if you're a member and you haven't gone on a pick, we're going to put you in a randomized list. And then if your number gets called and then, of course, you can get off work. Um, typically, those picks occur Monday through Friday during the work week. So um, we we have a lot of illness, it seems, as it um, those barrel picks come yeah, I mean, about. Definitely take the day off, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Get a, get a ride. Um, enjoy it. Um, it it's, it's a great experience. So how many members do you guys think you have so far? Mm -hmm. Um, we're, we usually float about two to two twenty five. Oh, um, wow. sometimes okay. it'll dip a little bit lower. Sometimes it'll get a little bit higher. Um, we are a month to month organization. So, uh, I think I joined, I think I joined in March. So then every March, my, I would need to re up my, my membership. Um, I know some, some organizations are just every, every July, that's when you pay in, but we're just whatever month you sign up, that's when you renew. And so it's kind of a, a moving target a little bit, but generally about two to 225. And what does it, what does it cost a, a year yeah. to, to join? So, so membership, if you want swag and, and who doesn't want swag, I mean, who, who wouldn't like to have a nice Glen Karen glass and, and a, and a t-shirt that says Lexington Bourbon Society or a glass flask. So if you want swag, it's a hundred dollars. Um, if, for, for if an you're, entire year, for, for an entire year, for one year, now, if you're a if you're a person that you probably have like me, I've got probably a hundred Glen Cairns. I'm okay without swag, and so it's eighty five dollars for the year. 
And what that gets you is um, Ben does a terrific job with that distiller series. And so we what we try to do is we try to make a lot of free events for members and then and then charge non-members a nominal fee to cover food cost and things like that. We're this this is a this is a nonprofit. So you know, all that money is going back into the organization and we're just trying to at least break even. And so um, we try to put a primary importance of uh, members get a discount on any of the ticketed events mm-hmm. or it's free for members. Yeah. And I know that, you know, with, with the bourbon boom and the way things are going, you know, some of the groups are actually closing membership. Your guys are wide open. We're we're, we're wide open. And, you know, the problem is scaling. You know, the problem is that, you know, we're all volunteers. And so, I mean, we've got a, we've got, you know, several people that have a lot on their plate and they still have to manage that. And so right now it's manageable. I think once we get up to 250 and more members, we're probably going to have to look at creating some general ledger. Um, items where we're we're paying some people to do some nominal work because it, it it's a it's a job it, mm-hmm. it, it can be really tough but you know for right now so do you guys have any strategic partnerships with uh, industry or local businesses or yeah we've got a lot of really good partnerships and and I'll tell you um, some of the local liquor stores and bars and I'll, you know just an example wine and market. Seth and Renee Brewer are, are just fabulous partners. Um, they have a bourbon club themselves, and, and Seth is on the board of the Lexington Bourbon Society. And, you know, the benefit there is when you pick out a barrel of bourbon, you just can't have that shipped to your house. I mean, we we have this thing called the three-tier system, and so there's a supplier. Well, some of our members might not understand yeah, that. Listeners yeah, might ahead. not yeah, understand explain that. that. So a three-tier system means that there is a separation of when that, that liquor gets moved from the supplier supplier and then there's a distributor so the distributor can't sell to the consumer so the distributor takes it from the supplier to the point of sale so that point of sale can be a liquor store it can be a bar that has a package license to be able to sell that and um, and so um, because and, and this I think this came about early in, you know around prohibition where they wanted to make sure there wasn't a monopoly on the spirits industry and that they created the separation so that there was accountability um, for um, that commerce. And so um, what we found here over the last year or two years is that the distilleries have a really strong lobby. And so they have now been able to sell point of sale at the dis- at the distillery itself. And so what we're finding is that there's a lot more sales happening at the distillery because it's creating tourism. And um, what I think is so beautiful about Kentucky is we kind of own bourbon. You know, America's native spirit means that um, it, um, bourbon can only be produced in the United States. But all of the bourbon, 80% of that bourbon is produced here in Kentucky. And so we kind of own that. And so I think that it's important for us to really wrap our minds around that and, and create a tourism so that we're able to promote it and be able to create great experiences. So along that is uh, the um, the distillers, distilleries being able to um, sell at the at the distillery itself. So they've kind of put a crack in that armor of that three-tier system. It's, yep. it's starting to... Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So a um, little disclosure, I, I've, I've got a little meeting going on right now. And, and one of the things that we're talking about is some relaxation of the uh, of that that three tier system. Now, it's still enforced and, and there's no going around that. 
However, I think that within the next several years, maybe five, 10 years, we might see a little bit of a shift, but you know, I don't know what that's going to look like. So for right now, we have to comply with that. Sure. And I, system. And I, to be honest, I think that you know, uh, both the distilleries and the retail, or the consumers and the retail, they benefit from that distributor in the middle, that, that, that effectiveness of scale that they're able to move that product for them. So at the end of the day, I don't think we'll ever see that go away. But certainly the rules might soften a little, right? Yeah. I think the rules will soften, but there's no way. Let's take, for instance, a craft distillery. You know, So let's look at a um, barrel house distillery here in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, look at Wilderness Trail. Um, New Riff is you know fairly large for a small um, craft distillery, but they would have a really hard time scaling. You know, they would not be able to have the sales force to go out there and distribute their their um, their bourbon or, or their spirits. So it, it does serve a purpose. And I think that will never go away. But um, the, the difference between the exclusivity of a just um, uh, maybe a, a distillery or a distributor not being able to sell to different classes, that may change. Who knows? But as a consumer... Say I have a bunch of guys, we're going to get together, we're throwing a party, we've got a special event that we do at a fraternity brothers or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and we're just getting into bourbon, so we don't even know what we're trying to taste for. And that's where a group like you guys would come in, could help us out, in, you know, or if we go to a liquor store and go, look, we want a barrel, but we don't know what we're looking for. Uh-huh. And so... I would I would totally agree with that, and and I think that um, some of our members and and you know even even Ben and myself we there's been times where we've been approached to say hey would you guys come and do a lead us through a tasting and and you know you recommend what kind of bourbon that would be good for us as beginners to to come and be exposed to and and it's really it's bourbon 101 you know let's just talk about what makes a bourbon a bourbon and and just kind of go through the uh, the tasting notes a lot of people like to you know do do the the um, be able to appreciate, nose the bourbon, be able to taste it and, and tell you what those notes are. But, you know, at the end of the day, I hear a lot of people say, well, it's just smooth. And, and so I think that in order for you to develop that flavor profile and, and be able to perceive it, you've got to listen to a, an executive bourbon steward or someone that's tasted a lot of bourbon to really help you be able to pick out those notes. And sometimes it's a sensory experience where maybe you're pairing that with different um with a sensory experience where you're bringing in food or, or maybe you're bringing in different um, smells and things where you can help you accentuate those notes. And so I think that's, you know, from um, Tim Niddle is a great uh, um, person to really talk about that because he really dives deep. Tim Niddle is an executive bourbon steward who um, works, he has his own business and he also works at the Kentucky Castle. But what he does is he really helps immerse the participant into that sensory experience. Now, these 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 people who have this certification as executive bourbon steward, is there a particular place they go to to get that? Yeah, um, that is uh, the the website is uh, Moonshine University is okay. is a website for that. Uh, they're based out of Louisville, um, and that is the industry accept, accepted uh, certification for being knowledgeable in bourbon. And there's two different levels as of now. 
there's a certified bourbon steward, and I believe Barry, you're also a certified bourbon steward. I'm a certified bourbon steward, um, and then we have a number of our board is a number of our members are what they call an executive bourbon steward. An executive bourbon steward involves uh, going to a day's worth of classes. You actually distill, uh, you you distill grain. You see the grain. You learn about the different parts of what the heads and the hearts and the tails, what they smell like, when you need to transfer all that over really getting into the kind of the gritty of the of how to make the whiskey um and so you actually make your whiskey and then there's a test at the end of it and um and you get your little pin and uh so that's yeah that's executive bourbon steward sounds like fun so yeah yeah. so if i fail the first time do i get to taste more my second time through how many times can i take this test (laughs) as much as many times as you got the money to afford and they've got they've got got lots of different classes everything from a one day to if if you want to start your own distillery to to like a five-day thing like if you if you are starting your own distillery, you know, you want as much information as possible. And so there's, there's lots of different ranges and stuff like that. Wow, so, that's so interesting. That is interesting. Moonshine University. Moonshine University. Okay. Yeah. And, and if I could give one plug to the uh, local bourbon groups, um, the one thing that's really exciting is how people kind of come together. And, um, and so we've seen several bourbon groups kind of emerge here over the last um, little bit. One, no, no, when you say here, you mean in Lexington? In, in Lexington, Kentucky. And that would be the Kentucky. Kentucky Black Bourbon Guild. And so what I love about the, the Kentucky Black Bourbon Guild is that they are coming together and they want to help recognize minority inclusion as uh, as it relates to bourbon's history and, and bourbon's future. And so I, I, I love their their nonprofit. The, another group is the Whiskey Chicks, and they're based out of Louisville, Kentucky. Linda Ruffinack, um, she's the CEO, and she is just a charm. I mean, she, this lady, she's written a book. She's writing another book. She's got a couple of different businesses that she works with and just a real treasure to work with. And so we've got another event. We'll talk uh, in our second pour about um, another bourbon event coming up that we're merging and, and mixing all of those bourbon groups together. Wow, I can't what, wait. What a, what a fun so time. Whiskey Chicks and what was the, the first? Kentucky time? Black Bourbon Guild, KBBG. We'll make sure that we enter those on our uh, on our show notes and certainly yeah. on our blog on the yeah. website. Well, right. We may have to have them on the road. On Absolutely. The show the road, huh? I, I would encourage you to. So let's uh, let's take this point and let's, uh, let's uh, finish our, our not Creek and take a little break here. And when we come back, we'll we'll see what you brought for the second pour and okay. uh, we'll take it from there. Great. Talk, talk about these events you got coming up. All right. awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank Tommy and Gwen Mitchell from Logheads Home Center for supporting this episode of The Bourbon Road. Logheads Home Center, nestled in the hills of Kentucky, is an industry leader in building handcrafted rustic furniture. Family owned and operated, they take pride in offering only the very best for their customers. The Logheads, and that's what they like to call themselves, are skilled woodcrafters who are passionate about creating rustic furniture for people who appreciate the beauty of natural wood. Owners Tommy and Gwen don't just sell the rustic lifestyle, they live it. And you can be sure that Logheads Furniture will always be handcrafted in Kentucky by artisans who embrace the simple way of life. Logheads Rustic Furniture is made from northern white cedar, a sustainable wood that's naturally rot and termite resistant. Its beauty and quality will add warmth to your earthy lifestyle for generations to come. Be sure to check out everything they have to offer at logheadshomecenter.com. And while you're at it, Give Tommy and Gwen a shout on Facebook or Instagram 
at Logheads Home Center. So, Barry and Ben, what have you got for us for their second pour? Well, I've got a really good treat for you guys. Um, we just recently went to Wilderness Trail and uh, picked out a, we were number two on picking out their barrel, uh, barrel select. And so, um, Wine and Market and Whiskey Bear and a few select members and friends got to go down and, and do this um, pick. And so, what I've got for you today is a single barrel pick from Wilderness Trail. It's a high rye bourbon. And it was um, uh, barreled on uh, May 2nd of 2015. And this is 115.4 proof. And it is absolutely delicious. Uh, the, the group, we, we you know, we kind of sampled six different samples. And this was the number one out of two blind tastings that we did. So this is really a, a good pour. And so let's, let's nose it and, and taste it and tell me what All you right. think. Oh, that, that really has a nice nose. Time needs to stop just so I can nose this for just a moment more. <laughs> well, these guys always have this nice, like, uh, light, um, a little bit of a kind of a honey nose. Um, but you get the rye on it. You know, but you get the rye. It's not like the rye, mm -hmm. but it's it's definitely definitely different than their, their weeded bourbon. And, and this, for me, this is really unlike, I mean, you're not tasting any immature notes here you know you're not you're not picking up cereal you're not picking up the alcohol you know that 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 strong alcohol flavor you're, you're picking up some really good notes here um I, i'm enjoying it how many years this one is um for just a little right at right at four years wow that's that's great for so, four years so they're, yeah. norm, they're normal four-year weeded bourbon Mm. Um, it, it does have just a little bit of brightness to it. Yeah, yeah. It's delicious. Don't get me wrong. I love it. It's a it's a wonderful profile. But the rye content in this has caused it to maybe be a little bit more. I don't know. Act a little older. Act a little older. Act a little older than it I, is, perhaps. Maybe? I would yeah. say a lot of people would agree with you there. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. I, I tell you, I'm not. I'm not getting that brightness, that brittleness that you right. that you get right. in, a, in a younger bourbon. And sometimes yeah. it's it's not bad. And certainly their 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 weeded bourbon was delicious. Wow. They have a new fan. All right. Yeah. But I'm not getting. I'm not getting any of the. Uh, I'm not getting any of the butterscotch on this. No, not like the, mm -hmm. the one that rogue sample that uh, yeah, we, rogue. we pulled out. We're not going to talk about that, are we? <laughs> Maybe we should talk about that. But we the, wood, the wood character definitely comes out on the finish a little bit. Sure, I yeah, like sure. That. That's 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 a good bourbon. That's and we'll have this uh, available to purchase wine and market and whiskey beer. Both will have a release, and we'll let you guys know so that we can send that out online. Of um, these bottles will be available. This is a really delicious one, and we're really fortunate to be one of the first groups to do a barrel pick with Wilderness Trail. Yeah, it's great. And that's I'm going to ask. I'm going to interject here. Do we know if this is going to be bottled at barrel proof at the 115, or will it be bottled at their bottled and bond? That is a really good question, and you know, to be honest. Honest with you, Ben. I um, at, at that point in the conversation when we were, we were doing the pick, <laughs> not really sure I picked those notes out. I'll, I'll, to be determined, I'll let you all know. All right. yeah, a lot of times the distilleries they kind of strongly move you towards the direction of taking it at the at the advertised proof. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And this would still be, I think, I mean, I, I, uh, even, it, a, even at Bottle and Bond, I think it would be good. Yeah. I, I think it would. And, and I think that um, for, for most younger distilleries, they may be okay with doing a barrel proof um, release just if you're doing a pick. But I think if you look at a um, wild turkey, you know, they're, they're going to make you go with their advertised proof. Well, isn't it yeah. all about the TTB and the labels and all that kind of stuff? You got to kind of be careful with that. But yeah. they're handwriting the proofs on anyway, aren't they? Right. Okay. Yeah, yep. that's true. All right. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about the member events you've had in the past? Like uh, some, you know, you've mentioned a few of them, but some of the bigger events. Yeah. Um, well, let, let me just talk, you know, right now about our, our signature event. And, you know, the signature event coming up is our Commonwealth Bash. The Commonwealth Bash is celebrating Kentucky's birthday. And so we do this every June 1st. And this year it's going to be at the um, K Club. And that's located at 1398 Sports Center Drive. And any of this information, you can look on our website. You can look on our Facebook page. We've got um, an, an event page right now that you can sign up for tickets and you know it, it's a fun event and um, you know we're what we're doing is we're raising money for the Ronald McDonald House and some of the um, notables here is Fred Minnick is going to be there and he's going to he's going to be talking kind of guiding us through the the evening so he's emceeing the evening yeah, um, that's, that's my understanding. That is my understanding. And, you know, we're really excited to have Fred there. We're going to have Barrel House Distilling Company, Bourbon and Toulouse, Carson's Food and Drink, Cole's 735 Main, Elkhorn Tavern, um, just to name a few. So, you know, the one thing that I can tell you is our social sippers kind of lead us into those relationships where when we do a signature event like this, we want to pair distilleries with restaurants. And so it's really that pairing of food and distilleries so that folks that come out, they get a full experience of um, of a fun time and raising money for a great cause. So, if I went to one of these events, what would they? What would it look like? How, how's the agenda go? What's the evening like? Well, so so the agenda, the way it's going to go. I mean, we're going to have um, a, a cooperage that's going to be there. We're going to put together a barrel so that you, you kind of get the experience of that uh, of, of the barrel itself. We're going to have cocktail so events. Let, wait a minute. So they're going to they're going to actually assemble a barrel using staves and rings and all that. Yeah, I think they're going to take it apart and then put it back together. Okay. That's what, they, that's what they've done before. Oh, okay. It is fascinating. We, we just took one apart and we had to cut the metal rings. So how are they going to take this thing apart? That's, they're that, the pros. Yeah, man. that's why they're the experts. Oh, well, we just have to go and find <laughs> out. We had a grinder. They've got the right tools. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There you go. Absolutely. And, you know, so the other thing is that we're, we're going to have um, auction items that folks can come and, and bid on to to be able to, again, raise money for um, the Ronald McDonald House. Um, we're going to have local restaurants. So you're going to be able to to get a, a bologna sandwich from Eppings and um, and pair that with one of the uh, local distilleries. So, you know, I, I can't really think of too many events where it's going to be on such a local level that um, we're going to have the, the pairing of what we've got food pairings with with yeah uh, okay yeah. yeah every restaurant brings a small plate and uh partners with a with a with a distillery for a cocktail. Oh, so they uh, had their own specific distilleries, not just a yeah. random. Then. Yeah. Oh, and so, okay. you, know, J, you know, Elkhorn Tavern is going to be there. Um, we're going to have Four Roses. We're going to have Jay Renders, um, OBC Kitchen, Renata's Bistro and Bar, Russell's Reserve is going to be there. Wilderness Trail Distillery is going to be there. Woodford Reserve, Zim's Cafe, Weta Michael, um, 1792. I mean, we're so wow. excited. Wow. I'm, wow. Some, what wow. what yeah. a big list of yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So a how do you decide 
what you're going to charge for something. I mean, this is pretty big stuff. Well, it, it's big stuff. But, you know, the other thing is we want to make it to where people want, can afford to come out. And, um, you know, we've got some folks that love to support a great cause. So that's why a lot of the money that we raise is going to be on the silent auction items. Um, so we want to make it affordable for people to come out, but yet um, also raise money for um, folks in those silent auctions. Any sneak peeks on the silent auctions? Anything I might want to bid on? What do you think? Ben, t- um, I can tell you we're working on some uh, we're working on some potential baseball tickets, a potential Cincinnati package, stuff like that. Uh, where where uh, there's going to be a whole uh, kind of go up to Cincinnati and hang out and have a bunch of different things to do. So we've got some definite things in the works. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure on the. Uh, I know there's some uh, bourbon like lamps made out of bourbon bottles there's some uh, woodworking and stuff like that so there's, there's a there's a really wide variety of stuff um enrique gonzalez who's a local artist uh he always does a lot of stuff with us um in the past, he's he's uh, auctioned and sold off some of his art, uh, where all the proceeds would then go to the the our charity. Um, it's it's yeah, and we've got we've got a lot of a lot of great stuff. So, so who's who's the auctioneer? Who's uh who's calling it out? Is that we're not yeah. we're having Fred do that? That's a really good question. I don't know the answer whether it's going to be Fred or it's going to be somebody else, some other local dignitary. I know that there's a silent auction aspect of it too. Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't know about the the live, live auction, auction. Um, yeah. as well. But also remember, we're the Bourbon Society, so there's probably going to be some good bottles that mm-hmm. are going to be there. Uh, maybe some of our really choice select barrel picks, as well as you know, oftentimes we've had Al. Young come to events and bring you know some of some of the really good Four Roses bourbon. So what I would say is there's probably going to be some really good bottles to bid on, and um, you don't want to miss out on that. And, and some of the rock stars of the bourbon world will be there. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And and this this event is uh, is obviously not just for members of the Bur- Lexington Bourbon Society. This is yeah. open to the public. Yeah, we want we want as many people uh, from Lexington and surrounding areas to come as, as possible. It's it's a really fun evening. Um, if you're into bourbon, it's fantastic. If you're not into bourbon, it's a great way to celebrate the history of our state. It's the 228th anniversary, 227th anniversary of the state of Kentucky. Um, and what better way to hang out than party with a bunch of bourbon? So, so all yeah. of your events aren't necessarily just centered around bourbon. They're, they're not. Um, a lot of them are. But I'll tell you a great event that we just had. We uh, we brought Cantera Negra tequila down yeah. for Cinco de Mayo. And, you know, <laughs> you know one, one of the things we like to say yeah. is bourbon's not the only thing we care about. But we love bourbon a lot. However, we recognize that Cinco de Mayo is a, it really it's it's an American holiday. Um, but we um, partnered up with um, Cantera Negra Tequila and brought them in. We, we had bluegrass catering that that catered a wonderful meal. And I'll you know give a plug to Base One Ten. Base One Ten is kind of our home base for doing events up on the fourth floor here, located on Bond Street. And um, it, it's just a wonderful location for us to to host those events. So that was a tequila forward um, event where we um, had the owner and and their executive team come in and talk about their um, unique tequila spirit 
And I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and, and say that I'm hoping that the Lexington Bourbon Society does a barrel pick of uh, Cantera Negra tequila in the future here. Wow. Wouldn't, wow. wouldn't it, it hurt it, your feelings at all. It wouldn't <laughs> hurt my feelings. And, you know, what they like to say is it's the bourbon drinker's tequila. And I would kind of agree with that. It, it's delicious. No, they finish any of their tequilas in bourbon barrels? So they do. Their extra Añejo is finished um, 48 months in the uh, in the barrel. And, and, and it, it, you know, it comes out, it looks like a brown water. Water. It's you know it's aged in, in that barrel um, has a, a much more sweeter flavor profile mm-hmm. a little mm. smoky flavor but it's delicious and it's a sipper you know I, I enjoy it hey honey I found your new margarita mixer <laughs> yeah yeah love, love their tequila we've also got some other members who are really big into the Scotch world um, we had a, a, a small group uh, just just recently kind of put some feelers out on our member Facebook page about creating like a subgroup of, hey, we're going to get together and do do scotch tastings and nothing fancy, but just let's, you know, hang out and drink scotch, too. So it's not even it's not always even official events. It's always just, you know, let's hey, let's get together and s- hang sign out. Sign me up. Sign yeah. me up. Try, uh, try, <laughs> drink what we like. I do yeah. like a little Boone Hobbit. So, yeah. well, let me tell you, um, um, Dr. Alan Ward, he's he's a local dentist. Oh, and he's fantastic. He, he is he is a wonder, you know, wealth of knowledge. And he, he's also a member of the Bourbon Crusaders. But one of the things I was part of that scotch tasting. Bourbon Crusaders. Bourbon okay, Crusaders. I, I, finish your thought. I want to go back to yeah, the Bourbon yeah, yeah, we'll So, so um, we came around his house, you know, we assembled, there was about eight or nine of us, very intimate setting, but we got to taste pretty much all the regions of scotch. And he pulled out at the end of that night, a hundred year old sample of bourbon. It was put in the barrel in 1912. Incredible. You know, so what I love about, you know, you talk about bourbon culture, it's the generosity, it's the, it's the fellowship, but you know, how often are you going to get the opportunity to drink a, a bourbon that's a century old. It was amazing. Yeah, you could sit at home and drink that by yourself, or you could share it with good friends, right? <laughs> yes. yes, thank you. Yeah, we only drink on two occasions by ourselves or with somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cheers. 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 Yeah. Well, I want to get back to the Bourbon Crusaders. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned that. That sounded cool to me. I want to know what they are. I've never heard of the Bourbon Crusaders. Bourbon Crusaders is a private group, um, not dissimilar to like Lexington Bourbon Society. I based out of not really sure. Uh, They are. I I know that there are members. A lot of members here in Kentucky. Um, They have an event every year up in Louisville. And they raise a lot of money for charity. Um, one of the big things that they do is this big event. And in the past, they've had an event where they would auction off tastes of the the, the, the famous Red Hook Rye that came out of Willett a few years ago. They had a bottle and it was, I think it was $100 a pour or something. And all that money went to charity. Um, this year, they partnered with, or a couple of years ago, they partnered with uh, uh, the Willett. Uh, distillery and Willett hadn't done a barrel pick in, in years and years and years. Uh, they partnered with Willett to do the first barrel pick of Willett in a very long time. And I think that was $40,000 that that went for per barrel and per barrel. And it was wow. such a big deal that uh, Willett said, all right, anybody else who wants to pay this much can also pick a barrel. And I think they almost raised, they, they yeah. got two extra ones. Mm-hmm. Um, it was such a big deal that I think, uh, I think Fred Minnick did a big article about it, about, about raising the money. I mean, it was I did a hear huge about that. thing. Yeah. So $120,000 was raised on three barrels. 
Wow. How incredible is that? That's amazing. Mm. And we got to try one of those. Um, yeah. Uh, Al, I, I Al may Ward. or may not have a sample of those. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Doc, We're going to have you back on. My friend. <laughs> I just want to tell you, yeah. my friend. Doc Doc, uh, Doc had a fundraising for, for uh, one of the local schools that his, his daughter works at. And uh, they... He, there was a mystery pour, and it was it was the the barrel pick that Bourbon Crusaders picked as part of that Willet, and it was it's not available to the public; it's just available to the members of that group. And yeah. they've some phenomenal Four Roses picks, some phenomenal Willet picks, some phenomenal uh, Russell's Rye picks. I mean, they just it, it's it's kind of an underground thing, but they they just do some phenomenal stuff. Yeah, willingness to share. I, I love that. Yeah. Don't you yeah. love that about yeah. the Bourbon Society? Yeah. Here. So how does somebody become a member of Lexington Bourbon Society? So um, if you would go to our website, LexingtonBourbonSociety.com, there, there's a location there to, to sign up as a member. I would say um, join our Lexington Bourbon Society Facebook page, the, the public page. Um, come to some events. You know, don't just sign up, you know, just by hearing this podcast, but look at when we're going to be out at a, a an event that's open to non-members and come and really get a feel for what the Lexington and Bourbon Society is about. If you're a local um, person to Central Kentucky and you want to get around other um, people that enjoy networking, that enjoy getting together and talking about bourbon or, or, or business or sports or the weather or whatever, I would say come and do that first. And then um, on our website, you can there, there's a form to download and, and to fill out. And, and, and I mean, you could pay through PayPal or, you know, any number of those sites. But really, it's identify if, if this is the right group for you, then come out and check us out and, and join up. It's as easy as um, giving us your money, um, $85 or $100 for a year, and then enjoying the benefits of membership. You know, some of the benefits of membership are going on barrel picks, uh, enjoying being able to buy some of these bottles that nobody else can get. You know, a single barrel is kind of like, uh, John Coffey says this, it's kind of like a snowflake. You know, it's, 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 its own flavor profile. You're not going to get this same flavor profile anywhere else. And so the, the benefit of membership is that you're, you're going to be able to do these things. You're going to be able to meet other like-minded people and you're going to be able to raise money for a good cause, but just, you know, enjoy people here locally. And they can participate in your advent calendar, right? Okay. All right. Ben, you want to say okay, that? So let's talk about the, the advent, advent calendar. calendar is one of my favorite things we do. Um, every year, uh, usually about mid-November, we have a big event. Uh, we'll bring in Everybody brings in a bottle. Uh, you can't reproduce the bottle. So it's, you know, if I bring in a Russell's Reserve, nobody else is bringing in a Russell's Reserve. And I'm going to divide that bottle into 24 sample, one-ounce sample bottles. So you're going to do that at home before you yeah. come in. Okay. Yeah. Do, they do, provide, do, do they provide the bottles or do you have to come up with the no, sample you, bottles you, yourself? you come up, but then you also get the calendar back. You get a calendar with 24 sample bottles in it as well. So okay. you get, you're getting 24 sample bottles back, but each one of them is filled with a different whiskey. And so on December 1st, I'm going to open up and it might be a bottle of anything from Old Forester store pick to we've had William Lurie Weller. We've had, uh, we, we've had some stag. We've had just some phenomenal whiskeys and it's been barrel picks. It's been hard to find stuff. And it's been everything in between. And every night you're drinking a different one. So let, me, let me back up and go through this again, just so I understand correctly. So you get 24 people with 24 bottles. Yep. They all sit at home in their own little homes and they divide their own bottle into 24 little bottles. Yep. They bring their 24 little bottles in here. 
and they exchange with each other until everybody has 24 different bottles. That's it. And then they go home, and on the same day, 24 days before Christmas, they all drink the same thing and share notes. And, and then that's I drink, it. drink the leftover on the 25th. That, that's <laughs> it. Well, and you know, the, really, the nice thing about that, a couple of things, is that you're getting to experience maybe some bourbons or, or, or whiskeys that you ordinarily might not. And, and or have get, never. Get to, have never. And then get to identify, I really like that, or maybe that's not really my flavor profile. But the other thing is that you get to experience this with 24 other people. And, and what we've seen on social media is we've seen hashtags for the Advent calendar, you know, 24 days of, of Advent uh, with bourbon. And it's really fun. And I'll tell you, I'm Chad and Sarah with It's Bourbon Night. Three years ago, when we first did this, they started promoting this. And we started getting inquiries from across the country, you know, Michigan, Louisiana, California, um, uh, people saying, hey, we want that, bur- that Advent calendar. And the problem is you can't ship. Yeah, what do you do when you have 50 that want to and to well, you, you do two calendars. Yeah. Ah. yeah. Or three. Yeah. Or three. We did three this year. Really? So what we did this year was, um, and I've got to give props to my um, Australian friends, Chris and Lilith. And what, what, what they did, they came this last year and they said, wouldn't it be nice if we did, just did straight barrel picks? of an advent calendar. And I thought that is brilliant. That is, that is so awesome. Because, because there'd be some people that want to do barrel picks who yeah. might not want to do just, yeah. Exactly. And so what we did, we, we ended up having two calendars of barrel picks and, and then one calendar of just straight bourbons or whiskeys that, that were just off of the shelf. Yeah, it, it was awesome. And, but what we found was, um, there's a lot of administrative task involved in doing <laughs> oh, this. Oh, I, I, no doubt. And, and we recognize, uh, you know, some of our shortcomings. And and this year, we're probably going to back this up. Instead of November, we're probably going to back it up into September or October to really start uh, yeah. organizing this. Because we we every year, we've added on another calendar. And I anticipate, as we continue to market this a little bit earlier, is that we're going to have people to say, I want to do it. Um, and just let me know what I need to do. And, and so we're, we're hoping this year we have three or four calendars and, and we're excited. Bourbon Advent is just a fun time to experience uh, bourbon with your, um, you know, your, your, your other friends and, and talk about it online. Um, and yeah, yeah. And you still got um, plenty of time to get your membership before that time of year comes. Well, so. yeah, well yeah. my nonprofit does an, an national art contests and and so we've had to back stuff up you're gonna you guys let me just tell you are gonna end up having to do this christmas in july thing <laughs> so you're gonna have to start in july putting it out there because it's gonna take you six months to get your administrative stuff well, done for this I, thing I start working on it now yep. and, well uh, and i'm gonna leave you with this um is that the the board has already talked about we're, we're setting aside a couple of bottles of every barrel pick we do so you may what you may see is you may see an lb barrel pick advent calendar which is kind of cool um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go on record here as I just already have and say that that's gonna be available but I would say that you're gonna see some really unique things coming up with bourbon so, advent so there are a few bottles of warehouse delicious floating around out there somewhere a few how would you get involved in this uh, in, in the uh, bourbon advent yeah the, the LBS no uh, like 
you guys have already got these bottles. The details it, are, are TBD oh, at this point. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. <laughs> well, guys, we've had a great time talking with you, and uh, we want to give you the opportunity to uh, to to let our listeners know how to reach you, how to get in touch, and uh, and how to how to reach you on social media, on the website. How, if they're interested in becoming a member, how do they do that? Uh, if they want to come to the Commonwealth Bash, so this show is airing on the 29th. Okay. Okay. And the, and then your Commonwealth Bash is on the first, which is the Saturday after just, Wednesday. Just so a few yeah. more days. A few more days. So uh, on that short notice, we want our people to be able to to get get some tickets. What do they got to do? Yeah. So what what they've got to do? Um, we would we would welcome anybody to walk in and pay at the door. That's we'll, great. We'll have, we'll have the capacity to do that. Um, we have an Eventbrite um, that you can click on. You can make your your payment online and, and get a an electronic ticket. Um, it's for a great cause. And you know, not only this event. I mean, we have a lot of events going on. And, and the way to to find out what is going on is just look at our website and and look at. We've got some really good folks that volunteer volunteer their time for our website, our user experience, our social media. And so we update our social media profiles, our Instagram profiles, as well as our website for any of these events. So if you're kind of bourbon curious or want to find out what's going on with the Lexington Bourbon Society, you can look up online on um, LexingtonBourbonSociety.com and identify what events are coming up and and pay for those or or for the uh, June 1st event, pay at the door, you know, come on come on show up pay at the door have a great time if um if you're coming and and you anticipate that you're going to be drinking a little bit you know the social responsibility would be um do an uber do a lift have a designated driver um you don't want to be drinking two or three or four or more pours and getting behind the wheel so you know from a social responsibility you know drink responsibly and and plan ahead and for those who are coming from out of town this is on the uk campus so there are hotels nearby of course. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. And and Instagram, Facebook. Uh, yep. All Lexington of those. Bourbon Lex- Society. Lexington Bourbon Society has a has an Instagram. We have a public Facebook page, and then members also have access to a private Facebook page uh, where we get information. There may be you know somebody's got a bottle they're looking for or something like that, and uh, we we've got lots of lots of good options. Um, Eighty five dollars or a hundred dollars a year, depending it. on what which package you want. That's yeah. right. All yeah. right. All right. Great guys. Well, thank you so much. It's been yeah, a pleasure course. having you on. It's yeah. been a hey, pleasure. Uh, w- one more thing, if I can, um, we've got um, the the um, an event coming up on um, June 14th. It's uh, celebrating National Bourbon Day, and it's going to be at the Speakeasy down on Manchester Street. It's at the Grand Reserve, if you all know where that's at. And so we're going to bring together the Whiskey Chicks and the Kentucky Black Bourbon Guild and the Lexington Bourbon Society. And this this is a super fun event where we're going to have elevated cocktails. We're going to have three different cocktail expressions with um, different spirits, including bourbon and and other spirits yet to be determined. But that's going to be a good opportunity if you want to come out and you're not really sure what this bourbon thing's about, come on out to that event. It's open to the public, and you'll be able to find more information online about it. But um, the benefit there is that you'll get to mix with some of these other bourbon um, clubs and identify what really uh, what is this bourbon thing all about. That's June, awesome. June 14th. June 14th. National Bourbon, bourbon Day. Uh, National Bourbon Day. Okay. Mark, mark it in your calendars. All right, guys. Well, thanks a lot. We really had a great time. Thanks yeah, for sharing your bourbon with us. Right. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Cheers. We 
do appreciate all of our listeners, and we'd like to thank you for taking time out of your day to hang out with us here on the Bourbon Road. We hope you enjoyed today's show, and if so, we would appreciate if you'd subscribe and rate us a five-star with a review on iTunes. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Bourbon Road. That way you'll be kept in the loop on all the Bourbon Road happenings. You can also visit our website at thebourbonroad.com to read our blog, listen to the show, or reach out to us directly. We always welcome comments or suggestions. And if you have an idea for a particular guest or topic, be sure to let us know. And again, thanks for hanging out with us. 